If you've been coming or listening in over the past few weeks, we've been looking at we're all in this together, (laughs) or togetherness and one another, the references in the Bible to those occasions, and there's many of them. That's not just one, there's many of them. And tonight we continue along that line of thought, and we're looking at fellowship, fellowship. Um, There'll be a couple of weeks that we'll be looking at, well, just fellowship tonight and then ships, ships next week, Lord willing. No, wait a minute. Yeah, yes, I will be. I was going to say, Tony will be preaching, but that's the following week. (laughs) And so, fellowship tonight. Is it good to have Christian fellowship? I pray that it is. Get, Get used of it. It's going to go on for... Eternity, <laughs> and uh, God wants us to have fellowship with one another and with Him. And First John chapter one is one key chapter that we're taking the message from tonight that speaks of this fellowship. <clears throat> Excuse me. Contains the instruction on fellowship: why, how, with whom, what, and where. Uh, fellowship is more than union. Is it not? It's more than unity. Unity can be brought about when others compromise or we compromise to bring about unity. That's not true unity, of course. There's friendship. We can have friendship. But it doesn't necessarily mean fellowship. I like the uh, thought of union. Union isn't fellowship. And I've used the illustration before of Samson. He got union between foxes remember the occasion he was taking vengeance on the philistines and he went out and caught foxes i don't know how he caught foxes <laughs> maybe glenn shippard could give us his instruction on that he likes catching foxes <laughs> that do destruction to the lambs and so forth but <clears throat> he caught these foxes and he tied the two tails together he had union <laughs> but he didn't have fellowship then he put a fire stick between them and then they took and put them in the crops of the Philistines and they took off and they went all over the place one tugging one way, one tugging the other way sometimes tugging them both the same way that's not fellowship <laughs> although they were united and lit up the crops of the Philistines um, the root word for fellowship is the word common from which we get our word communion we have communion one with another, community companionship and uh, other countries use, and maybe we do sometimes, comradeship. Uh, that's the root word from which we get our word fellowship. Um, <clears throat> to share, to have and hold in common. And what do we have in common as Christians? You know, we have different personalities, we have different jobs, we go in different directions after Sunday, but there's some things that we do have in common. And Jude verse 3 says this, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common <coughs> salvation. It was more needful for me to write unto you and talk about the defense of the faith. So there is commonness in our salvation. We are all humbled to believe and bow before the Lord Jesus Christ and believe what he did for our salvation. Rich or poor, huh? a beggar or a billionaire, they uh, must come through that common 
belief on the Lord, common salvation. <clears throat> it's not like, well, it's just not worth much. <laughs> it's worth a whole lot. It's, a, it's because it's common, because that's all of us have to come that way to the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> there's another verse that's given in Titus 1 verse 4 that says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, the common faith, <clears throat> grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to you. So from these verses we can see that sonship must precede godly fellowship. The world has their fellowships, very different to Christian fellowship, but it's not based on faith or salvation, is it? And uh, so sonship in Christian fellowship must precede that. The pastor described fellowship, and we mentioned this when the uh, over 60s met on Tuesday because I've just been looking at this and he said this fellowship that we have is a, a humble fellowship because it was based on the individual that was very humble <laughs> our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 18 verse 3 and 4 we read and said Jesus said verily verily I say unto you except ye be converted and become as little children ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's fellowship, humble, a humble fellowship. When Christians get out of sorts with the Lord, they get out of sorts with each other, they become proud and boastful about the position as a Christian and their ministry maybe or something, then the fellowship is broken if there is not humility in the fellowship. Isn't that true? The fellowship is broken. And First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, we read this. In like manner, ye younger, submit yourselves to, unto the elder. Yea, all of you, all of you, be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace unto the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. So it's a humble fellowship Christ humbled himself he rode on a ass not a not a horse as it was forbidden for the king to do that but he rode on an ass he had a humble birth and a humble birthplace he had a humble home he he was in a raised in a humble born in a humble town of Bethlehem can anything come out of Bethlehem they said and and then then Nazareth if you go there yeah a humble town of raising he had a humble occupation, that of a carpenter. He was humbled in death. He humbled himself, it says in Philippians, and became obedient unto death. And so the fellowship that we have is based on the humble leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why he exalts, extols and encourages us to be humble to keep the fellowship going. Once there's no, as I said a moment ago, if we don't have that humility, the fellowship doesn't function as it ought, and there is not fellowship if one exalts oneself above another. It's not only a humble fellowship, but it is a holy fellowship. In First Peter chapter 1 and verse 15, First Peter 1 and verse 15, we read this, But as he who hath called you is holy... So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. 
And so our conversation and our conduct between one another is to be holy in its, in its essence. He who hath called you is holy, so be ye holy, be ye holy. <laughs> the holiness movement. Who were the chaps that started that? Uh, before that, yeah. You go before that and they picked it out of somebody else. Back with the... Um, uh, his name's gone. John and his brother. Methodist Church. The Wesleyan brothers, that's it. <laughs> yeah, you said that. Can't hear. <laughs> the Wesley brothers. I have to tell you a little secret that I found out about two weeks ago. The mum is related to him. What? <laughs> How did that happen? And it was from a letter that Emma Jekyll had found, a four-page letter from a war correspondence between two brothers. And they were talking about them guys, and it was the Wesley brothers. Uh, okay. <laughs> the, the method, that's where it comes from, the Emerson, through that, through that side. But... Um, <clears throat> Holiness movement and, and the second blessing and all the corruption that came later from what started well. Things start well. What does man do? He messes it all up all the time. And um, <clears throat> uh, William Booth started the Salvation Army. Soldier on, you know, <laughs> marching to victory, winning souls. Now it's turned into a social uh, social system of and yet the church should be involved in that the government's taken that over but you know the gospel is missing it needs to be given in that, and the opportunities are there and pray to God that they still do that and share that I'm not saying they don't so it should be a holy fellowship we should be walking as Paul said in a spiritual manner not in a carnal fleshly manner that we looked at this morning it's not only a holy fellowship, and, and I mentioned a home fellowship on Wednesday. We'll get to that on Tuesday when we met. But I said, there's one missing. I can't remember. And um, it was Maureen <laughs> behind me said, happy, happy fellowship. <laughs> and that's what the, what was the other. It should be a happy Christian fellowship. <laughs> what misery to walk uh, among long-faced church members or people <laughs> attending church. Um, Praise God that after the service and before the service, we can't keep you quiet <laughs> because you're having happy fellowship. I pray it is. <laughs> that, that, that's good and it goes on. And, and, and some people like the fellowship so much they stay for two hours after the service. Uh, that's okay. I won't, name, I won't name them. They're not here tonight. But they, they, they joke about that. It's been the same family for years that um, go on and talk and talk and we, uh, have a conversation <laughs> Holy fellowship, happy fellowship. Let's look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 41. Acts 5.41 says this, And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They were rejoicing, they were happy that they'd been persecuted for the Lord's sake. And they have, you know, it doesn't mean, it doesn't necessitate that we have... Um, Good things happen to us for, for us to be happy in our fellowship. These people were persecuted. These people, these apostles were threatened. Don't go and speak his name anymore. And they went out saying, this is great. <laughs> we, 
Would to God we had more Christians around like that when they were persecuted, when things were down. When COVID struck, we were all smiling. Happy fellowship with the Lord. We know that he's in our midst when we are that way minded in the book of James chapter 3 and verse 14. We have this written, but if ye have bitter envying and strife in your heart, we read this this morning, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom's not descendeth not from above. It's earthly, it's sensual, it's devilish. For envying and strife are there's confusion and every evil work, but the, the wisdom that is from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. It's sown in peace by them that make peace, and it's a happy, holy, Christian fellowship. <clears throat> yes, I said before, when you try to fellowship with people that... You can see misery written on their face. It's hard to fellowship in a happy, holy way with people. <laughs> and if you're spiritually minded, you can pick the, the, their temperature, as it were, you know. They don't have to face a thing at your head <laughs> like they're shooting you. I feel that bit that way when you go into places. And, okay, they've got their gun ready. <laughs> but uh, the spiritual temperature of a person... And they're, they're doing, they're grunting and they're moaning. And it's just hard to have and to, to try and encourage them and to smile. God loves you. To, to get them to that point in their Christian life that they don't, are not down and miserable all the time. Hey, you got anything to be happy about? You going to be joyful about? Of course we do. The end, the, the story's not finished. The end is better than the beginning. It ends for it, well, it doesn't end. It's a never-ending Christian life. Ought we not be thankful for that? Oh, I pray we are. And it's a home fellowship. I've written next to this one, see sermon this and that. I didn't. Would have been another few sermons. But it's a home fellowship. It's a, it's a Christian family. Galatians 6.10 says, Let us do good unto all men, especially to them who are of the household of faith. Of the household of faith. <clears throat> it's a home fellowship. We have wonderful fellowship. When, when Bernie started going with Sarah, and he came round to our place a couple of times, and we were having a bit of fun, and I don't know what Bernie thought, well, what... What's going on? You know, we were just—I uh, don't know—chasing each other with lacquer bands. bands. That's right. We had lacquer band guns from Henty Field Day, and uh, we're all ducking behind the couches and jumping up and shooting. And, and uh, I think another time was snowball fights. And you have a you have a sheet. Jill and I hold the sheet across the middle of the back big back room, and, and then half get on that side, half get on that side. You know, you do it at Sparky's, don't you? The snowball, and you start throwing them at each other. <laughs> And you, you have a, a good time together. You know, the kids remember that. And the uh, place might get messed up, but it's a blessed time. As Christians now, we're not going to have a snowball fight in church with, with the adults or anything like that, but we can have times where we, with our group and our age and all ages, can get together and have a home fellowship. Now, I'm not advocating going back to homes. We need a building this size to have and accommodate the people that come. 
but in the early church, the church that was in their house, literally <clears throat> a church in the house, and, it would, and as you read about the person whose house it was in, they were richer people who opened their houses to have fellowship <clears throat> and <clears throat> have the fellowship come to their homes. And praise God for people that do that and open up their homes. And it says in another verse in Ephesians 2.19, Now therefore we are no more strangers but foreign and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. It's a home fellowship. We ought to have a brother and a sister recognition of one another. And as one put it this way, fellowship is vital. Forsake not the fellowship, the, the gathering together of yourselves. It's voluntary. As a pastor, when I think of people that voluntarily don't fellowship, I don't like going and saying, why weren't you at church? That's up to you. <laughs> if, if, if you don't want to be there and you don't want to voluntarily be there, if you come along, what sort of attitude are you going to bring? I don't want to be here and I'm going to tell everyone so too. <laughs> you know, I pray not. <laughs> That you want to be here, you're volu- it's voluntary. Salvation, is that voluntary? Is that our free will? At this church we preach so. Huh. That you choose to believe on the Lord Jesus. We don't compel you. God doesn't compel you. Irresistible grace, they talk about, the other side. Huh. <clears throat> it's voluntary. And if you want to be here, be here. And let's make it a place huh, that people want to come to. I remember way back before, it wasn't a church, it was just a time where the Christians in Emerald, and we were part of that sort of group, hired the Emerald Hall, the old Emerald Hall, it's still standing, on the way down to the lake, Emerald Lake, and, it, and, and we had a night, and we had a special meeting, a couple of, a few nights, it was like evangelistic meeting outreach, and the place was packed. And, and I remember that as a kid. I was only young. And like the kids here come and play afterward. We did that in the, in the big Emerald Hall. And I remember those occasions where the fellowship was had as, uh, and uh, <coughs> the homeness of it. And the church at Wesburn, the church at Wesburn that now is still going, started in our lounge room with, with people I can't remember now. <laughs> Randy Pike was there preaching. Other people from different people would come and preached in the, in the home there and we had fellowship. It held quite a few people there. <clears throat> but you remember those times, voluntarily coming along and Christians from the community coming. But fellowship can be violated too. It can be violated. We can do and say the wrong things to each other. We can nitpick and we can get nasty. We've got that old man in us. <laughs> that we should subdue and press down. As, as Paul said in Romans 7, the last, what, 15 verses? Don't let that old man, he said, when I would do good, evil is present with me. When he comes up, when you're about to say it, stop it. Cut the tongue. I mean, you know, cut the words. Seal the lips. Put a guard on your lips, as, a, as the Bible says. Um, <clears throat> well, we now get to the outline, and we'll move through it quickly. First John, we said we'll go there. In 1 John chapter 1, we see the, the pillar of fellowship. Verses 1 and 2, That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, looked upon, and our hands have handled the word of life. 
For the life was manifest, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you the eternal life which was with the Father, and was manifest unto us. Who is it talking about? The Lord Jesus Christ, who is worthy. The the word of life, the pillar of fellowship, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you don't believe that, read the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 to 14. He is the pillar, the cornerstone of the fellowship that we have. The word of life which we have handled. That's what John said. And if anyone could say that, Literally, it would be the Apostle John, wouldn't it? The one that leaned and heard the heartbeat of the Son of God leaned on his breast. Uh, So he handled the word of life. We have the word of life. We handle the word of life, don't we? We've got the Bible, which is the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. As it says in Ephesians 2.2, And are built upon the... Foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So the pillar of fellowship, that which it centers around, is the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we celebrate the Lord's table, we do that in remembrance of what he's done for us. He is the pillar of fellowship. In verse 3 we read in the first part of it, That's which we have seen and heard declare we unto you. The possibility of fellowship, as he reads on, that ye also may have fellowship with us. The possibility of fellowship, that you may. We all have the choice. It's a free thing, as we've mentioned already tonight. You can have fellowship, and truly our fellowship is with the Son. And our fellowship is through the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So there, this possibility of it. Maybe we'll leave it for another day, but looking at the word fellow and connect all the different words. See see if you can remember one from your memory from Scripture. Fellow. I'll get you started. Fellow labourers. Fellow. Fellow believers. Might be used. I can't recall that one. Fellows. You've got one back there? Not fellow citizens, <laughs> fellow citizens, we're all these, and how that we're in the fellowship. There's a possibility of we becoming that fellow heirs with Christ. It goes with the one another and togetherness that we've looked at before. So <clears throat> the possibility of fellowship, we may have fellowship with one another. You may not too. You may choose to stay home. <laughs> and I like the illustrations given by a pastor about forty-something years ago. There was, a, there was a church and, and this fellow stopped coming to church and he wasn't present and sometimes he'd go boating and fishing and whatever. So the pastor went round to his house. You, have you heard the story? Remember the story? Yeah, somewhere. he's telling that one again. <laughs> Say it again. Okay, thank you, Bernie. <laughs> For those that weren't here when I said it last time. And he... <laughs> He went round as an open fire there. We had those in our house, two of them. And you have to sit up close to stay warm and to keep rotating, <laughs> rotisserie. <laughs> but the, and the coals would fall out. And so the pastor sitting there said nothing to the chap. 
you know, and and <laughs> the more the pastor said nothing, the more fellow was getting the old fellow was getting nervous. I don't know if he's an old fellow <laughs> about pastors come to visit, but he's saying nothing. And so he sat there, sat down in front of the fire. Pastor, sit down. You know, can I get you a cup of tea or something? And <clears throat> then the pastor reached and got the tongs and pulled out a red hot coal out of the fire, put it on the hearth. Oh, it was cheeky, but he did it. And slowly the, the coal went darker, blacker. And then it started all stinking the place up, smoking. And after a while, the pastor had sipped his cup of tea down. He got up, walked out without saying a word. And the fellow says, I got it, I got it. You mean I've been out of fellowship and I stink. <laughs> no, I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gone cold. There's a, you have a lot of applications to that one, couldn't you? And so... There's a possibility of fellowship. There's a possibility to be out of fellowship. And we may all have got out of fellowship with one another and with folks in the church. You can get back into fellowship. Um, <clears throat> there's the privilege of fellowship, verse 3, the last half. of Verse 3 of first, uh, John. May have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. The privilege the privilege of fellowship is given in the second half there. Think of this tremendous privilege. Man has been made from the dust of the ground and to the dust we go back. Our soul and spirit soar to new heights or to our eternal place. But God deems to have fellowship with mortals that he made like that. Have you ever made an animal of some sort and worship uh, fellowship with it? Not quite. But we are made in the image of God. We are special. We're different to animals. And we have the privilege of fellowshipping with him. Does God want to fellowship with us? Why did he create us in the first place? What did he do with Adam and Eve after he created them before they fell? The indications in chapter 2 and 3 of Genesis is what, he, what did he do? He came down and he fellowshiped with them. He did. He walked in the cool of the day talking and communing with these two creatures that he'd made, Adam and Eve. Now, it'd be interesting what they talked about. I'm God. Hello, Adam. You know what? What do you think of me? Can you think of what they thought of, talked about there in their fellowship as they walked down through the Garden of Eden? It, <laughs> well, get ready because you're going to be walking the garden one day with him <laughs> in heaven and fellowship with him. That God would do that. Everything that we have or ever will be is because of God. That's it. And we can have that the privilege of that. With the Father, we have fellowship. With the Son and with the Holy Spirit, we have fellowship. It says in Philippians 2.1, and fellowship of the Spirit. <clears throat> and when it's all said and done, and I like going to this verse, and you probably know I like going to that verse, chapter 21 of Revelation and verse 3. And I heard a, gr a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. With men. And he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. That is fellowship. 
mortals with the eternal God. Fellowshipping when it's all said and done and it's all stitched up and all the judgments have taken place, then eternity rolls on and that's what happens. Fellowship for eternity. The privilege, the privilege of it. Can you imagine how God feels when we break fellowship with him? When we go off on our own way and sin? How his heart is grieved? He can discipline us as his children, but often in grace and mercy he lets things go on until we turn around ourselves, that we come back to him. He says, I've done all this for you. I've sent my only begotten son and you still want to remain out of fellowship. As he looks at the church going into apostasy today, and a grand scale all over the world and they all become lukewarm and they've become rich and they say I don't need God anymore I need of nothing and God said you're wretched you're miserable you're poor you're blind and you're naked come back to fellowship with me here's the standard of fellowship (laughs) the privilege of it the purpose of fellowship is seen in verse 4 and it says and these things write we unto you that your joy may be full (laughs) That your joy might be full. That you might be complete. Your joy might be full. First Peter 1 and verse 8 reads, whom, in, whom having not seen ye love, in whom though now ye see him not, yet believing ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. They got excited about their Christian life. In the early church, they'd seen Jesus literally living. They'd seen him resurrected. And he dwelt amongst them for 40 days after that. And that rejoice with joy unspeakable. What made Peter and the other apostles change from wimps who were hiding in a building somewhere to people that would boldly go out in the temple and speak about the Lord Jesus Christ to people? It was the presence of the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ, and the presence of the Spirit in their midst unspeakable joy full of glory there's another reference in john fifteen eleven reads these things i have spoken to you about that is about abiding and bearing fruit that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full being fruitful christians brings joy to our hearts that we've done something for the lord of glory that is allowed us to do <laughs> we've had that privilege the purpose of fellowship that your joy might be full. And verse 24 of John 16 says, Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. That you can see that God, ha- God is providing. God is answering our prayers. He doesn't answer the selfish ones. He doesn't answer the me ones. He answers those that bring him the glory and that <laughs> exalt him. In our lives, according to his will. So the purpose and the pivotal truth of fellowship is seen in verse 5. This then is the message which you have heard of him and declare unto you that we have heard of him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. The pivotal truth of fellowship is the message that God is light and to come to him we must come to the light. Ephesians 5.8 states, For you were once darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Um, if we're going to walk in darkness, have you, have you ever come into a room, I don't know about you, but it seems like cockroaches are out this year. It's because it's been a wetter season. Um, <clears throat> a bit, um, I've seen them and 
You, you, you wake up, you walk down and you turn the light on and there he is. <laughs> What's he doing in my house? <laughs> and, but as soon as you turn the light on, you don't even have to move. The cockroach starts going, <laughs> moving. Ah, <laughs> the evil creatures, it says... <laughs> When the night comes, the beasts of the forest come forth and creep out. <laughs> and uh, you don't want to be around in old times without a gun. You didn't have it. When they come forth and they, when the light is shone on them, usually they scurry. And because we were raised on a farm, we went spotlighting often. We went with the three of us brothers went often, just out without a gun, just with clubs <laughs> or sticks and things and, and little old cars that we would and a little fox terrier dog called Nip. And we had this old car we'd made up, a little tray on it, and one would drive, and two of the brothers would sit on the back, one holding the spotlight and one holding the dog. And we'd roar out into the paddock and we'd cut up the, the bushes here and the fences here and the paddocks here, and we'd try to get in between the rabbits and the bush, because that's where they went. But if you could bamboozle the rabbit, he didn't know where he was, you had him and so you'd cut him off and then you spotlight him and he'd squat he'd go down but you could still see his eyes and the little old nip dog I mean he's only a little little fox terrier not a big a little miniature he learnt to look where the eyes were and um, when the light was shone on <laughs> the rabbit was squat because he said I don't know where I am I don't know which way's up or north or south don't know where my hole is or my escape so I'm going to squat I'll be safe <laughs> not with not with nip we'd throw we'd be going round and round with the car and the spotlight beyond the on the rabbit and they'd throw the dog off and he went straight to the eyes <laughs> and he grabbed the rabbit but the rabbit was bigger than him so he'd be dragged around everywhere but he'd hold on and that gave us time to get the rabbit <laughs> anyway all that was about the light <laughs> when you put the light on <laughs> and so the light that's it's pivotal if you're you or I are in darkness, we're out of fellowship with the Lord, and the light is turned on, <laughs> turn it off. I don't want it on me. God's word shows up our sin. And we squat, and we, we're in terror of what he might find. He knows it all anyway. Don't try to hide Adam and Eve. It didn't work, did it? <laughs> they tried to hide from God. Come out into the light. Walk in the light and you have fellowship with God. If you walk in darkness, you lie and do not the truth. It says it in the scriptures. The profession of fellowship, verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, well, that's the verse I just quoted. We lie and do not the truth. That's just the mere profession. If we say, it's used three times, verse 6, 8 and 10. These are, this is talking about hypocrites. They profess that they if we say we can talk till we're blue in the face we can speak like angels but unless our walk measures up with our talk we are a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal we are liars in verse 6 we deceive ourselves verse 8 we haven't the truth verse 8 his word is not in us verse 10 if we say and all those thoughts go with it you read those verses there the profession of fellowship it's all uh, to impress others, but it doesn't impress the Lord. Not at all. <clears throat> Those who say they're in fellowship with God and don't read the Bible, 
Don't meditate upon his word. Don't meet together. Hebrews 10.25. And not forsaking ourselves. Are not, they're, they're, they're saying what this is saying. If we say, I'm, I'm okay, I'm, I'm walking okay. No, no, we're not. And the last point, verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have what? Fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Walking in the light. And that's the sermon I preached a few Sunday mornings ago. Remain in tune. Remain in touch. Remain in the truth. Remain together. And there's many others that we used on that day to talk about the fellowship that we are to. So walk in the light. Don't try to hide. Don't do a cockroach and run and scurry out of the light. Come to the light. It's shining for thee. Now read what one described fellowship, one pastor described fellowship as. True fellowship. Fellowship is a word we often use and seldom understand. It's a relationship word. It describes a two-way street. If we make it a one-way street, it becomes a dead-end street. Fellowship really only exists between people who are each contributing something useful to the relationship. It must be so in order to be true fellowship. Some Christians mistakenly call it fellowship when they receive multiple kindnesses from others but contribute nothing to the relationship. That is not fellowship. That is being on religious welfare. That is being on the dole in church. I like the approach of this pastor. (laughs) Others think it is fellowship when they are the givers on the other side of the fence, always contributing to the lion's share to the relationship but receiving nothing in return. They are to be commended for their gracious generosity, for their long-suffering, for their perseverance. These are the parents of fellowship. They are striking a match that they hope will kindle the love of God in the other person's heart. But let's be honest. One-sided generosity is not true fellowship. It could be called evangelism or compassion or mercy, but it should not be called fellowship. Fellowship, he said, is that... Blessed starting that sweet partnership of hearts and hearths in front of the wood fire in which each person strives to be always investing his treasure in other persons. It is one of the purest expressions of love. The example of the blind man and the cripple is an old one but so illustrative of Christian fellowship. I saw it in action at the nursing home not long ago. A dear old brother in the Lord who lost his sight when he was a bomber, his bomber was hit by flak over Europe, was pu- pushing his crippled friend in a wheelchair around the nursing home. One man's feet and the other man's eyes were invested in a joint venture. <laughs> they enjoyed their, f- their fellowship enormously. Isn't that what true fellowship is? My strengths combined with your weaknesses and your strengths combined with my weaknesses make for growth and progressive fellowship and I think that's true isn't it both contributing to the fellowship not a one-way street either way on either person's part are we going to remain in fellowship with the Lord you know that is the togetherness that we've preached on three sermons already and the conclusion of it is that we have godly fellowship let's pray thank you Lord for your word thank you for the fellowship we can have with one another because of the fellowship we have with you We've been brought into a relationship through the common faith and common salvation. 
that we might have this brotherhood of saints, Lord, this home fellowship, the household of faith. And Lord, that one day we'll walk in or enter into heaven itself and there be in fellowship with the God of eternity and he will dwell amongst us and Lord, we'll behold you in your glory and wonder, your mightiness and we'll continually say thank you, Lord, for what you've done bringing us to this point. Bless us as we are on our way and may we have sweet fellowship one with another. Nay, may it not be broken and continue on into glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.